Welcome to Pop On Leadership, a conversation with two friends who are obsessed with leadership development and the world of pop culture. So we decided to combine the two. I'm Kara Kirby. And I'm Virginia Martinez. We work with organizations all over the world to inspire and implement people-first practices. We're here to talk about navigating the workplace, and we do it through the lens of great television. Our first two seasons are dedicated to Ted Lasso. Join us as we unpack the leadership lessons in each episode. Let's get into it. Um, hi. Oh my God. (laughs) We're in the same room. Folks, if you have been listening... We're in the same room physically for the first time. And some of you might have even been with us last night. (laughs) This Uh, is all very, this is very meta. (laughs) Yeah. Last night was the watch party for season three, episode one of Ted Lasso. Kara had organized this wonderful event here in Cary, North Carolina. Um, She asked me if I could make it. I told her no, but then I (laughs) was a bit of a trickster. I flew in and surprised her. Yeah, I had a I had a heart attack, <laughs> but it was a great event and it was wonderful. There was there were so many people there that loved 50, Ted Lasso. 60 people. Yeah, and everyone loved the biscuits. It was so fun. Yes, tell them what you did with the biscuits. Yeah, so I got little pink boxes and found. I was gonna be really ambitious and make some. <laughs> I found the recipe. By the way, we should put. We'll post the recipe. Yeah. To the Ted Lasso biscuits, it's really simple. Yeah. I was going to make them, but then I found out that you should not do that if your friend has a restaurant because they could get in trouble. So oh, I just I right. just got some from the store and put them in a little pink box. And I was like, these are more for the gram than they are for the cookie. So you can like feel like you're the boss and you're opening up your box. So it was cute. People loved it. People wanted yeah. more at the end. I don't think they knew. They, they were still chowing down on those biscuits. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, speaking of your friend's place, wonderful. I was so cute. So fun. The whole staff really got into it. They did. They were wearing mustaches. It was adorable. The dog wore mustache. Phoebe, <laughs> the bark tender. <laughs> I've not heard that before, yeah. but that sounds on brand. Very cute. Um, no, it's great. And uh, I'm sorry, and you know, she popped in and I was like, this isn't weird at all. We have had a friendship for a year and a half via the internet and made a podcast <laughs> and a business together. And this is the first time we're in real life, but yeah. it hasn't, hasn't been weird at all. No, it has. Yeah. We were saying that it's weird that it's not weird. And as we were talking to people at the event yesterday, they're, you know, cause they're like, Oh, whatever. Like Kara would say, Virginia flew in to surprise me. And they're like, Oh, that's nice. But then we'd be like, this is the first time we're meeting in person ever. They're like, oh, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) We know. We get it. So we're losing our title as the most complicated friendship that has never met in person before. (laughs) So anyone that wants to, you know, take it from here, let us know. Let us know how you take it up a notch. Um, And today we hung out. We had a lovely day. You Mm -hmm. showed me around. We had lunch um, in Durham, right? What was it called? Foster's Market? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we went to the Duke Garden. Had some Southern food, went to Duke Gardens. We did some ideating, mm-hmm. how we're going to bring all these amazing people together. And then Kara had the wonderful idea of maybe we should go see a tarot card reader on yeah. our way home before oh, yeah. picking up my child from preschool. Can mm-hmm. we squeeze it in? I was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm game. Like you all heard me talk about astrology. So like, I like obviously. to do weird stuff. Yeah, we know that. I think that's also why we get along. And we found out even more as to why we get along. Yeah, we apparently our spirits were together in a former life. 
Yeah. So when we got there, the tarot card reader was like, okay, so you both want separate readings. You want the same reading. It's not a big deal. But if you want, you're here to talk about your business together. I could also do a psychic reading. And we're like, all right, well, yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's, let's forego the tarot cards and let's do the psychic reading. And things got interesting. Yeah. Things did get interesting. We knew each other in a past life. We did. Well, we knew that. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> She also told me, uh, you seem really sad. I was like, oh, well, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> what did she say of dark energy? <laughs> no, she just said you need to go have your energy cleared. Most people need to have their energy she cleared. Was, she was like, you do not. And I was like, that's because I'm a professional and I do this all the time. Yeah. She was commenting on our chakras. She was like really disappointed in mine. Not disappointed. You ha you just don't go get your chakras cleared and you don't probably meditate on it as like yeah. I do that a lot. Well, I'm so. gonna have to because you I'm have to. Like, you know me, I'm an overachiever. I'm not gonna fail this test twice. You, yeah, <laughs> like that's this is what it's gonna take for you to get your shit together. <laughs> is that you need to <laughs> you need to make sure that you can beat me in the shocker game next time. I've got I've got a yeah. high score. It's that, like a pinball machine. I'm high score right now. You got to knock me off. This was not even the only, like I really got dragged for filth as they say. <laughs> what else was like I'm um there was something else that she said about oh, she's told me that your husband's going to have an affair. Yeah. Yeah. Or may have already. And had she one. told me you're going to try to leave me. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. That that we're going to be successful. I mean, what else is she going to say, right? She's yeah, gonna right. Tell. But we're going to just y'all get ready. Get okay? ready. Get <laughs> ready. Settle up. What she was predicting, wild success. However, she also said we are going some people are going to be envious of us. Mm. Not jealous because that's dark energy. Just she did. Obvious. She said jealousy comes from ego, but envy comes like she didn't say this, but like envy is okay because it's like you sort of appreciate, yeah. right? Whatever. Never heard that distinction. <laughs> say lovey. Um, but that and every time she's like, okay, you know, you're all going to be very successful and you're you're going to accumulate wealth from this. But and she would turn to me and like, but you got to be patient. Like direct eye contact. It wasn't like a general statement to the two of us, but patience is needed. She'd look at me and be like, but you got to be patient. And I was like, oh boy, she has me dialed. <laughs> she really got to you. Yeah. Well, then she just said the California thing. She did say the California thing. That was weird. She said, you're going to probably expand. I want to say somewhere like this business is also going to be like in California. And I'm like, well, I live there. She's like, oh, so it's already there. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. I need to check reviews before I just like stop at random places. Yeah, we need on to the go to the check road. the Yelp reviews. But, yeah. um, oh, and then, um, if, if it ends, it's going to be my decision. No, 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 no. That's not what she said. She said that you are going to get frustrated and oh. you might want to end it, but I'm going to make you stick with it. <laughs> all sounds this all sounds this all tracks <laughs> this tracks this tracks so she wasn't too far off she like also um told both of us that we're going to meet the men of our dreams essentially and have kids in our future and so there but we're like she oh. wasn't looking at our wedding rings well i'm not wearing one. Oh, it's because it doesn't fit anymore it's not like a statement oh. <laughs> i just have to get them resized <laughs> <laughs> so it's not it doesn't have a big meaning um so that was fun. Yeah. 
It was, it's always fun. Last uh, fun story about this. I went on a girl's trip to Sedona, which 10 out of 10 recommend. I want to go to that place once a year. It's like my playground. And I was forcing all my friends to go get tarot card readings just because it's one of my favorite pastimes. And when I went with my first group, it was like six of us. And I was the one that everyone got all of these like beautiful readings that like life was just going to unfold. Like she pulled my friend Val's card over and was like, you're like a fairy goddess princess, like everything Mm. wonderful attracts to you. And then she got to my cards and she started flipping them over and she was like, these are weird. And then she kept flipping over. She was like, maybe I need to reshuffle the deck or something. That was her whole vibe. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. So everybody else's life is going to unfold. Yeah. And you think that my cards need to be reshuffled. It's fine. We're good here. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, some sort of metaphor here. Um, well, that was a wonderful d- way to spend the day. And we thought, let's take advantage of the fact that we are actually in the same place physically. And capture our reactions to the first episode and maybe some predictions. I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to do OD leadership stuff in this. We'll do that later, but we just, we're just going to talk about the show. And probably we will because we can't help ourselves, but um, it's more that like we, we don't know where it's going to go. And like in the past seasons, we know what's going to happen. That's true. So we can sort of better plan out our episodes and sort of know where to talk about certain topics. So we're not too repetitive, but um, yeah, we'll just see. I think we're going to talk about the show and who knows. Yeah, totally. We're known to meander. All right. Season three. So. All right. So what did you think about, the opening scene with Ted in the airport and he gets that text from Michelle. Also, uh, well, I mean, I thought I was like, is Ted flying home? Is this how this starts? I thought it was him. I thought he got the text from Michelle saying, I love you. And that he was debating whether he should Mm. go home to Kansas city. We find out it's actually, you know, it's his kid's phone and she wasn't texting him at all. Yeah. I think that we're about to have a storyline and I've already told you this because we're in person. We have the the value of being in person. Yeah. Every second together today. I think we are about to get like an Austin Powers gold member. (laughs) Ted Lasso season. I love gold. (laughs) Fun fact, me and my high school friends went and saw that movie about seven times in the theater. Mm, Wow. I think Ted has lost his mojo. And he's going to have to figure out how to get it back. Yeah. Or at least I'm hoping because I think that that would be a fun storyline if Ted's like trying to figure out how to get his mojo back. And I do have a theory. Okay. Okay. Talked about this a million times, but identity shifts are the hardest things that humans have to go through. And I think Nate leaving him was his identity shift because he wasn't being a good father. Oh, what you? Oh, like a father figure? Yeah, because I think that one of the stories that Ted attaches himself to is that he is a great father, and he tries to be a father to everyone. Huh. But Nate told him at the end of season two, "You didn't. You weren't there for me." And he's having an identity crisis that he's not a good father, and I think that's why he's being really obsessive with his son. He's questioning all his moods. We're he is personifying what happens whenever somebody, when he, when someone's identity is attacked. 
Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't um, thought about it as him questioning himself as like a father, although that makes perfect sense. I do think at the end of season two, he was rattled because he thought, oh, am I not a good leader? I thought this like I was a great leader, Mm. but here I've let someone down. Yikes. You know, how did this happen? So he was questioning himself, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, deep stuff. Yeah. So Ted's going to have to get his mojo back. So he sees his son off. He's going and kind of getting everything together. We can see, like, even his looks, like, Ted is disheveled. He's just not a happy camper. Doesn't have the same pep in his step. Rebecca calls it out. Yeah. And then what happens next? Wait, wait, wait. But but before we what we find out, though, is this guy who did not like therapy, thought it was a bunch of bullshit, mm-hmm. is still seeing Dr. Sharon or, you know, talking to her on the phone. They're still connecting. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Yep. So he's changing. Mm-hmm. He's transforming. And sometimes that's sticky. Yeah. And that's hard, right? Because you're probably kind of uncovering things about yourself you don't really like. Or you know, but you don't yeah. want to admit. And yeah. But it's still good. It's no, still yeah, good that totally. he's um, he's sticking with it. Yeah, it's good. So the next storyline that we see oh is that we, well, there's two things that are kind of happening simultaneously here. So Keely is up and running with her business. So that's one thing that's happening. And then we see Rebecca. Rebecca is on a tear with Rupert right now because they, because Richmond is being ranked the, the last in the league and Rupert's just like rubbing it in her face and she just wants to beat him. Is he rubbing it in her face? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. He's probably, I mean, she's, she feels like he's she, rubbing it in her yeah. face. Cause there's a couple moments in the episodes like that Ted in the beginning tries to reframe. was like, well, oh, yeah, that's Rupert's going to win. And he's like, Rupert's playing, like helping her. Like, and she's like, he's going to win. And he's like, they are predicted to win. Like trying to get her to separate Rupert from the team but she can't. And then Mm -hmm. Keely brings it up later on when they have lunch about like, wow, Rupert's really in your head. And then she has that, like, she's like, Rupert's laughing at me, but like, we did not, that might be true, but we did not see any of that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. He, I don't think he probably thinks about her at all. Yeah. Thinks probably, but yeah, but it didn't happen. Rupert thinks about Rupert, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so Rebecca's obsessed. She's, obs- she's yeah, obsessed. she's yeah. having like an obsessive moment. Um, Keely's starting her job, and then also at the same time we see Nate in his new job. Nate and Nate's new job, and Nate's new little high horse that he's on. Yeah, Virginia, how do you feel about that high horse? What? It, just tell me. Well, so there's a scene where Nate comes up the escalator, and his head is high, and he ignores somebody that he thinks beneath him. How did that make you feel? You know, funny that you say horse because the because <laughs> the first episode of Ted Lasso when they're flying with Coach Beard across, you know, um, the Atlantic, and you know, we know that Ted doesn't sleep, but he says, you know, starting something new is like riding a horse. Mm. If it feels comfortable, you're probably doing it wrong. And then here's Nate on his high horse. So we, if we were to like compare these two ways of starting a new job and trying to, you know build rapport with your new coworkers. It was a very different approach. There was no biscuits with the boss. Like Nate definitely like ignores someone who says good morning to him. Someone pops in and says, hi, he's like, get out, just kicks him out of his office is completely rude to the players. 
So rude. He makes a dumb dumb box. Yeah, he's like, hey, you come here. What's that stand behind that line? That's a dumb dumb line. Everyone look at the dumb dumb line. You don't want to be here. Um, that's awful. But what we also see is that he's still sort of really nervous around Rupert. Like, and you kind of wonder, like, it just, it, it just doesn't feel authentic. Mm-hmm. And I think that Rupert is so manipulative that he's met a thousand eights before and he knows how to get them very, he knows he has like some kind of attachment disorder <laughs> and he's trying to get him super attached by manipulating him. So he's giving him all this attention. It is just such manipulative, like insincerity because yeah. he probably doesn't feel that way about Nate. He's just coddling him because he knows that he'll be able to control Nate more with his actions. Yeah. It, it's, um, I think it's definitely manipulative and there's something that I think is foreshadowing is um, Nate parked in the coach's parking lot or whatever, but he's got this shitty old car, which is adorable, actually. I kind of yeah, like, thought I it was know. a cute car, but not compared to the other cars. And Rupert unknowingly thought it was someone from the service. The cleaning crew must have accidentally parked there on their first day. And so he's having it towed. And his assistant says, yes, you know, they, they accidentally parked there. Must And he's like, well, accidents have repercussions. Like, you can tell that this guy... It's like, it's got to be his way. Mm -hmm. Like he has, and it's, it's not even like high standards. It's just like, he's snooty. He's just better than everyone. Yeah. And I think that's going to come and bite Nate in the ass because the sort of accidents have repercussions. I think he's going to see Nate as disposable. I know I'm not going to go down this because we could probably talk about it forever, but I was thinking about that soccer team and how they have such a toxic coaching staff, right? Yeah. Like even that other coach where he was like, my name's Disco, but that doesn't mean I'm a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about how, how probably that is the case of a lot of soccer teams, that they have that kind of like machismo coaching staff yeah. that belittles like the play. I hope not. Maybe, maybe that's an extreme example. But like some soccer players might be, might think that that's just normal. Yeah. And I think that that's the same thing about workplaces is that whenever if people don't have any exposure to workplaces, to healthy places to work, they're just like, oh, well, my boss is going to be an asshole. Everyone's going to talk down to me. Like, I'm just going to be a cog in the wheel. Like, this is just, this is just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The other thing that I I thought was interesting too, just comparing just in contrasting, you know, Richmond with West Ham is Rupert's office is like all black and oh God. dark and he's dressed like an all black. And it's just, it is um, the symbolism again, the show does such a good job with symbolism. Um, and then he, of course he's like best friends with the Sacklers. <laughs> they really did, you know, it's cartoonish, but they really did a good job with it's easy to hate Rupert, you know? <laughs> it's so easy to hate him. He's such a manipulative little shit. Um, what, um, where do, do what, what press conference do you want to, do you want to talk about Keely or do you want to talk about the press conference? I think we need to talk about the press conference. Okay. Let's stick with Nate and talk about the press conference. All right. So Nate goes and he is going to talk to the press and Rupert's by his side and encouraging him. They even have this moment where he has this zinger towards Ted and Rupert's like, yeah, you need to do more of that in the press conference. So Nate goes and he ha- he has a little bit of an anxiety attack in the middle of it. Absolutely. Like he doesn't know how to handle himself. 
And that was interesting. I don't know what they... So he has an anxiety attack and he goes underneath his desk and it was like almost like he wanted to hide. And then he has these flashbacks of being with Richmond and like just being that, I guess I get, I, I'm curious to hear your take. I guess they were showing his imposter syndrome. Like that was a way to flash it. Like that, how little he thought of himself. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, it was the flashback of when Jamie very early on early Jamie would taunt him and throw towels at him. And then there was a, a flashback to his dad not being impressed when he was in the paper. Yeah. Um, and then another flashback of that photo that um, Ted has framed um, that really upsets him. And so he, yeah. So he was thinking about how little he thought of himself. He was having these flashbacks of how much he didn't yeah. like himself. And then he did his thing again. He spit, he spit. I don't like that name. <laughs> yeah. He's what like, he does. Yeah. That's his power move. Um, gets up. And then just starts, I mean, granted that reporter asked him a snide question, mm -hmm. but Nate was really nasty back. Yeah. He was really nasty to the point where Higgins and Rebecca are watching it in their office from the laptop. And Higgins response was like, meow. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be what I do to people. What if I hear them say mean things from now on, it's just going to be like a code to myself. I'm going to be like, meow. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, then he goes on to just make fun of, of Richmond and, and what's happening in parallel is, is Ted saw that the team was really distracted because they had read all these like predictions that Richmond was going to, you know, end up last or rank last and get relegated again. And it was, they were all in their head. So he wanted to take them on a field trip and took them to the field trip to see the London sewer. Um, we can talk about that. But before we talk about that, Someone snaps a picture of the Richmond team going down a manhole, posts it to Twitter, and something about, you know, going down the gutter or something like that. So in the middle of the press conference, Nate's already shitting on Richmond. And, you know, they ask him, like, can you respond to this photo of your former team? And he's like, no wonder they're going down there. Their coach is so shitty. So now it becomes personal towards Ted. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, so, yeah, that was not great. But... He, but the, you know, uh, Rupert on the side was like loving it, and so yeah. he's getting positive. He's getting positive feedback yeah. because Rupert wants him to be an asshole. Yeah, and he's just he's just feeding into it. Oh. Do you want to talk about the sewer? Yeah, I feel like you would probably love to tell. I would. I don't want to steal this moment away from you. It feels like a good one <laughs> that you should own. <laughs> well, we might need to unpack that. Later. No, no, no. <laughs> No, 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 I'm playing with you. Um, so Ted realizes that the guys are all in their head and they all have head trash. That's what we used to call it back in our day was like, you know, you have to get all the head trash out. And so he takes that he, his son on the way over had watched the movie it on accident. So his son was really freaked out. And so his son suggested that they go on a sewer tour so that they could, he could, faces fears so ted said that was a great idea he faces fears he got over it so i'm gonna take these guys down to the sewer and we're gonna have a learning moment from it and so the guys get down there just with all ted's lessons they're super confused and then he tells the story of the sewer about how a man created all these tunnels and it saved the city from a cholera outbreak and that 
you have to help me out on this. What was kind of like the metaphor? It's like, sort of he like, was trying to say, it's like, it's like all this crap and it goes through the different channels. <laughs> yeah. It was a little, he almost like combined two metaphors. It's like, you got to let some of the, as Jamie called it, poopé. 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 <laughs> you got to let the poop just flow. You got to like, let it get out into its plate, you know, whatever. But also you need to have an interconnected system mm-hmm. between all of you. So for example, if you're lacking confidence, tap into some of Jamie's. If you're having a bad day, tap into Danny's, you know, cheerfulness. And so there was something about you all have to be an interconnected system where you can sort of borrow from each other, whatever you need, but, and also let the poopy flow. <laughs> the poopy. The poopy. <laughs> flow. It's like, get all that head trash out yeah. and depend on each other and you're going to be fine. Yeah. Rebecca was not happy. Rebecca's not happy. Because Becca wants a killer. She wants a killer Ted. She wants a killer Ted. And I'll tell you, we we touched on this a little bit in the last. I know it's like an unpopular opinion, but I love, I clearly, clearly love Ted Lasso's approach. But I don't think it's perfect. And I think it has some downfall. Like he is such an affirmer that sometimes it can come across as like indecisive. Such a people pleaser that it's not driving forward. Like, in some ways, oh, it's beautiful that he's not competitive, but he's the coach of a professional soccer team that needs to win in order, you know what I mean? So I, it'll, he's already been sort of, remember like last season they were tied forever and he was like unbothered, mm-hmm. but, and then yeah, Beard he needs to step it up for sure. Beard was coming a little unraveled as we know. So now you know, Rebecca's kind of, I mean, granted, Rupert's in her head, but like, she's like, I need you to like care. You know, to quote an old time classic, what got you here isn't going to get you there. So I think that Ted's approach has been so successful for so long and it's been so different that he's never, he's never said, how do I evolve this? Yeah. So Again, I think that this is this is the writers, is the brilliant writers of the show. Like last season was all about like rom coms and yeah. the synchronicity of life. Yeah. This is going to be about transformation. Like you know, like this yeah. scene at the end of Greece where <laughs> Sandy. <laughs> Mark my words, they're going to use it, right? It's like Sandy was great, you know? She was good, but she was like, I got to do something different. (laughs) What did she say? Hey, boy. Sandy. (laughs) No more Sandra D. We don't need the Sandra D. Yeah. Ted Lasso Lasso has been Sandy for a long time. Sandra D, yeah. Yeah, he's been been Sandra D for a long time, and it's great. We love Sandra D. But, he, we're, but, you know, life is about evolution, so we're going to see him turn into Sandy. We need him in the off-the-shoulder black top and tight black <laughs> pants, red scarf, Ted Lasso. You're the one that I want. <laughs> I hope they do that, though. I don't know if this is going to happen, but that would be cool if they used... Um, you know, coming of age stories that are really popular. I w- I already joked around about Austin Powers like finding his groove. These are the coming of age stories. Not Austin. coming of age, but like stepping into your power. Right. Okay. I guess sometimes you come into age and you step into your power at the same time. And I'm just amazed that you thought of Greece and Austin Powers, but okay, yes. <laughs> Welcome to the inner workings of my brain. Um, okay, how Stella got her groove back. I bet we're going to get some allusions to that. <laughs> okay, 
Okay, okay. Ted Lasso, we, he's already sort of lost his mojo. He sort of doesn't have the same pep in his step. Rebecca just really wants him to amp it up and be competitive. Um, and, and, and Rebecca's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to like basically attack Nate back in the press conference this afternoon? He's like, no, ma'am. And he's like, I need you to like do something. Rupert is laughing at me. And we like, no, for all intents and purposes, we don't know if that's true or not, but she believes it to be true. And so what um, Ted does is sort of like, he killed them with kindness. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of those like, there's no joke you can make against me when I make fun of myself the most. Yeah. And that's what he did. He basically. And that was an eight mile moment. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Mom spaghetti. Okay. So. My... And that, that is when Eminem stepped into his power. Oh boy. Folks. <laughs> Maybe the psychic was right. Maybe we should do this in real life. The psychic may have been right. No, just kidding. That's great. (laughs) Um, So anyway, Nate thought he was like, he was on his high horse after his press conference. Like, yeah, I made fun of them. I'm so funny and witty. But here comes Ted can make similar jokes about himself. And they're like, what a classy guy, Ted Classo, you know, and then Nate's scrolling Twitter and all upset. And um, I, th- I thought that was a really, but I thought that was a really um, good move on Ted's part. Yeah. Cause he was, he heard Rebecca, but he still stayed true to himself. Totally. And he knew, I think he knew that they would have that impact, right? That like when they go low, you go high. Right. Yeah. And was still very funny and light and wish Nate the best without putting him down. Yes, absolutely. And that is going to be a tension with him is a lot of people I think are going to tell him to go against his nature and and his nature is to t- is still to take care of Nate. And you see that with his son too. His son is like, you can forgive Nate and you can still be friends with him, even though he doesn't play on the same team. And that I think has been like a core value of Ted that to teach a son that is that you always treat people with kindness and you always give people forgiveness. And this kid also said another thing that was very wise, right? Cause I think Ted's also really questioning, like, why am I here? Not mm-hmm. like why. And he asked this question a couple times in this episode. I know why we came here, but why are we still here? And he has these sort of wrestling with this guilt, right? Or this identity crisis. And he asks this kid, like, you, you know that I love you more than anything and that um, I, won't, I wouldn't be doing this if it didn't matter. And you know why I'm doing this, right? And he's like, yeah, to win the whole thing. And then he's like, well, winning isn't everything. And his kid's like, well, you got to at least try. <laughs> and I think that was like, that captured how I've been feeling about Ted. It's like, Ted, like, I love your approach, but you got to like. Got to. You, you, yeah. You, I mean. Move it up a notch, bud. Yeah, you're lucky you got promoted to the Premier League. Like, now you got to, like, really step it up. So, yeah. Yeah. The last thing that we see in the show, which is really sad, is that Keely and Roy break up. I know. Yeah. So, that'll be an interesting thing to see throughout the season, what happens with them. Yeah. Um, Rebecca steps out to go have lunch with Keely at Keely's office, which was hilarious. She has that line. She's like, it's like a real office out there. People are like like typing and being awkward. <laughs> um, 
think he, I think we're going to see an interesting thing with Keely's leadership style too, because she's so like kind and upbeat and people are not taking to her. Like that moment, she has this moment where she walks into her offices and she's like, these are the poets and the geniuses that make it all happen. And everyone's like, shut up, Keely. Totally. And her CFO doesn't want her buying flowers because it's a waste <laughs> of money. And she's like, Ugh. Um, but the other thing that we find out is um, that Keely says, like, I'm so overworked that I have to block off time on my calendar to just cry. Oh, And um, so we really get a sense of just how stressed she is. And she seems... We've seen a really breezy, wise Keely up until now, and she is yeah. wound tight and busy and like trying to fit it all in. Um, and it breaks her and Roy up. Yeah. I mean, they'd probably break up anyways, because I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I think, yeah. you think they get back together? I don't know. I think that they were just meant to be with each other for a period of time oh, yeah. to transform, yeah. and then they'll probably meet different people hmm. what if keely and ted end up together no i can't see that oh I my god i can't see that either but that you would be a know. twist also i'd be like keely enough like go date some yeah other like guys. seriously just just There's sign no- up for an app girl <laughs> you i think you represent one <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no and even though i didn't i don't know how people use apps but in my mind <laughs> All my girlfriends that are on dating apps are like, Kara, the way that you make this out in your head is not how it is in real life. I'm like, you can tell if people are like good writers and you can have, no. you can have like, no. you can see people's No, at the rate at which I like accidentally delete emails from like my Gmail on my phone, I would be like swiping the wrong way on like, you know, the love of my life. No, I would mess that up tremendously. I just, I fantasize, I just romanticize. I just, when I was younger, I'd go on these dates with with people and it would be so boring or they would like do something. I'd be like, you've literally never read a book. Like this is not like half a nice, you're a wonderful person, but this is just not going to work. No judgment here. But I just always feel like if you could have written with somebody first, like you could tell like, you know, like if you kind of could vibe in that way, it would maybe be wasted a little bit of less time. My, that, that things worked out. My husband's the best, but I just, I, that's what I have in my head that happens for everybody else. Yeah, I hope the psychic's wrong that Bill and I stay together forever because I would really <laughs> struggle on an app. Like, I'm always asking. She said that there was going to be a woman that was going to come in for like a blip. And then. Well, I don't like the, the blip or the blop or the bloop. <laughs> I don't want any of it. That was so weird. She was also trying to upsell us. She's like, but if you would like a spell to keep people away. I'm like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Uh, hot take don't stop at psychics on the side of the road in Durham, North Carolina next to like a tire store in a repair shop or car repair shop anyway it was no it was fun I'm glad that we did it you'll always have this memory we pulled into the driveway that was less of a driveway it was like a lawn and Kara's like I don't know where to park I'm like well park next to their car that's on cinder blocks and covered in a tarp (laughs) Oh, we're being so mean. I'm being mean. You're being nice. I'm being mean. I just had this whole conversation with one of our mutual friends about how, like, I'm fun and how she doesn't have to worry about the things I talk her into because it'll be a good time. And she was like, I don't think so. (laughs) I sincerely, I know that I have this affliction where everything I say sounds sarcastic, even when I'm being sincere. But I, I, like, sincerely loved that. It was so fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun, too. 
It's always fun. Even on the side of the road next to a repair shop, it's still going to be fun. Totally. Um, last, 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 last thing is going back to the fact that Rupert had accidentally tried to tow Nate's car. Oh, yeah. But, it, you know, you could tell he thought it was such an eyesore and he's like such an elitist and yada, yada, yada. He bought Nate a new fancy car. And, you know, Nate loves that. Oh, my gosh. So there, I think there is. I don't know what the attachment style is there. but Dependency. There's, <laughs> there's something going on there. And I, I think it, it might blow up in Nate's face. Yeah. I think it's going to... It's going to be a juicy, juicy storyline. I think it's going to fuel Nate's fire for a while. And then one big mistake and it's not going to go well. Yeah. I don't know. That's my prediction. And we'll be here with popcorn. Yeah. Watching it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> okay. That's In a, real life recording. I know. See how it goes. If y'all like this, we're going to have to fly back and forth every <laughs> single week. But we'll make it happen. <laughs> no, no, let's not promise big things. Okay. <laughs> it's probably going to be virtual. It's fine for a while. But we would love to get together. This was super fun. Okay, everybody. What about you want me to say goodbye? I'm yeah. like staring at you. Thank, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. And I know we thank our friend Pam Rodriguez in the uh, outro every time, but I want to say it again. Pam, Pam we couldn't love you. do it without you. We love you so much. Yeah. Next time I'm going to make Kara come out to the Bay Area because you're there and we all three of us need to get together. Yeah. We'll find a roadside psychic. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we want to keep the conversation going. Share your leadership stories with us, whether they're dreams come true or some nightmares you want to talk through. You can visit us at poponleadership.com or over at Instagram at poponleadership. And a very special thanks to our friends and family who have supported us from the beginning and to Pam Rodriguez who helped make this crazy dream a reality. Thank you. See you next time.